Let's talk Tanya for the 12th of Nisan. Yesterday we explained that if someone does a mitzvah without kavana, meaning without a love for God, without uh, proper reverence for God, and, and does it merely out of habit, then that mitzvah does not go to the higher worlds, but rather that mitzvah remains trapped over here in this world. But what if someone does a mitzvah actually with a nefarious intention? Let's say a person studies Torah in order to be a Torah scholar. Let's say a person studies Torah in order to, uh, in order to um, be able to prove someone else wrong. Someone does a mitzvah in order for purposes of ego, to be arrogant and to be proud of it. So this is not just that the mitzvah wasn't done with the proper intention. At this moment, incredibly, one is taking the Torah that one has studied or the mitzvah that one has done and dragging it down into klipa, into the forces of unholiness. Um, whereas if you just didn't have the proper intention, so you, the mitzvah just remains in this world, but not in klipa, if it's done with an egotistical intention, after all, ego is the essence of klipa, as we've discussed so many times, and you're actually dragging down the holiness of the Torah and the mitzvah into klipa. What then? So if a person studied Torah without a positive or a negative intention, so then in Kabbalah it says all you have to do is restudy that Torah that you learned with the proper intention, with lishma, with intention, with kavana, or you need to repray if the, if the problem was that the prayer was without the, the proper intention, and that automatically that elevates the previous learning or prayer that was not done with kavana. If, however, a person actually studied Torah or did a mitzvah for egotistical reasons and dragged it down to klipa, the only way to redeem that mitzvah or that davening or that, uh, or that prayer is by doing teshuvah, which is a fascinating concept. Doing tshuva for doing a mitzvah. There's actually, they say a story about uh, two chassidim who were once conversing with each other and chassid A turns to chassid B and says, Oi, what are we going to do about all our averis? And Chassid B responds and says, I'm not worried about our Averis. What are we going to do about all our mitzvahs that we did? And there's a very profound message over here. There's a depth over here. The second Chassid is saying, the Averis that we did, the sins that we did, we know that we did something wrong. So I'm not worried about them. We're going to repent for them. We will do tshuva. But how many of us have the understanding and the insight that sometimes we need to do tshuva for a mitzvah that we've done, for the Torah that we have studied, and that's actually necessary if we did it for egotistical purposes. Nevertheless, our sages tell us, a person should study Torah and do mitzvahs, even not lishma, even without kavana. Why? Because eventually a person will end up doing it with kavana. And the Alter Rebbe says over here, what that means is, that the, deeper, the deeper understanding of the saying of the sages is, is not only do it wrong, because eventually you'll get to do it right, do it wrong because eventually you'll do tshuva. And when you do tshuva, you'll retroactively redeem everything you did when you did it wrong. Do the Torah, do the mitzvah, study the Torah, even if it's not for the right purposes, eventually we know everyone does tshuva. Whether in this reincarnation, whether in another reincarnation, we all know that every single Jewish person eventually will do tshuva, at which point we will redeem everything that was done incorrectly. So that is what happens when the person does tshuva. How about up until that point, until the person does tshuva? That will be the topic of tomorrow's Tanya when we begin chapter 40 in Tanya.